expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information, go to KUCI.org or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Hey friends, my name is Dinah and you're listening to Thought Bubbles on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine a show where I discuss superheroes and the latest comic book news. So, before we get into this week's scheduled programming, I want to spend a couple minutes talking about the most recent X-Factor issue, which came out last Wednesday. I'm not going to talk in too much detail, but for those of you not keeping up with X-Comics, here's what happened. The issue, X-Factor number 10, which is a tie to the Hellfire Gala, meaning it's supposed to be a more celebratory, fun, and uplifting story instead involves the resolving of a plot that involves the discovery of David Allian, a black bisexual character's previous murder, something that happened at the hands of a filmmaker specifically targeting queer black men. Um, This in of itself is sort of unnecessarily horrific, but then Instead of focusing on that black character and his response and emotions to this event, it is used as a way to provide a white character with a white savior moment as he steps in to, like, take over and show off a new power, while another white woman character is given a, like, girl boss speech moment. This comes on the last day of Pride Month and a week after Marvel's Pride Month story. And that's not it, because this issue also features another graphic death, that of Juana Maximoff, a very famously Roma character who has sort of constantly been demonized by the story and yanked around as a plot device by white writers to service other white characters. So Leia Williams, the current writer for X Factor, kind of has a history of this, um, including the creation of a Japanese character who she named Thousand Rats and whose power is turning into a rat, as well as her continued use of Akihiro's name, which is a slur and should not be being used with such excess by a white woman in her current X Factor book. So if you are bothered by this like I am and are looking for an avenue to convey your thoughts, um, you can write an email to the X-Men team at the X-Office using the email xofficeatmarvel.com, which can be found on the back of any of their comic books, um, sort of saying why you dislike this issue and why you found these events within it upsetting. 
There's also one more thing I want to discuss before getting into Silk this week, and that is Tom Taylor's current Nightwing run, which I know was discussed last week, but um, they released a few days ago um, the previews of Barbara Gordon's new Batgirl costume as she suits up to be Batgirl for an upcoming special. So this is something that I also mentioned briefly a few weeks ago in my introduction, where I talked a little bit about how Barbara Gordon is disabled and has been since the late 80s after the events of The Killing Joke and has been portrayed on page as such with her use of wheelchair until about 10 years ago when DC changed this by giving her some kind of um, magical spine implant that allowed, that fixes her spine and allows her to walk again. Um, while still keeping the Oracle mantle and identity, something very much tied to her being in a wheelchair and which provides some of DC's few disabled representation. So for many disabled fans, now seeing Barbara Gordon not only walking around, but also taking up the Batgirl mantle with again, very flimsy excuses for why she's able to do so, is essentially a slap in the face. Made worse by the fact that Barbara Gordon's disability is being essentially erased in the process, with very little mention of it, DC has two other Batgirls right now in the form of Cassandra Kane and Stephanie Brown, so there is really no need to return Barbara to this role when, when it's something that hasn't really been a part of her for the longest time, and there has been, in my opinion, a much richer, much more interesting story and something that is much more important to her and the larger Gotham superhero community and her role as Oracle. Okay. Now that I've had a chance to talk about that, um, Let's get into this week's scheduled programming. So I am here this week with my friend Brooke, who is an avid fan of the Marvel Universe and Spider-Man adjacent character, Silk, AKA Cindy Moon. So um, first of all, thank you so much for being here, Brooke. Would you like to do the introduction or should I? I can do it. All right. Um, Cindy Moon, AKA Silk, like Dinah said is was introduced in 2014 and she's gone on to have three solo series 2015 and 2016 by Robbie Thompson and her current miniseries by Maureen Goo. She was introduced as a classmate of Peter Parker's who was bitten by the same exact spider actually and she gained similar powers to him but there are some differences and I think she's stronger than Peter. <laughs> I would agree. Um and yeah, she spent 10 years in a bunker, and when she came out, she became a superhero named Silk. First of all, thank you for that very helpful sort of summary of her character and her introduction. But I want to really focus on that last bit you said and sort of the very casual way that you mention her becoming a superhero. 
because I think that is sort of what's most important and most unique about her introduction, and it's what makes her as a character and her introduction to the superhero world so fascinating, because it's almost an interesting twist on, like, the Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility slogan, because unlike other heroes who go through this kind of tragic loss that motivates them, like Batman very famously is an orphan, and Peter Parker very famously loses his Uncle Ben, and that's what leads them to become Batman or Spider-Man, Silk goes into the bunker to save herself, but also kind of to save the other spider people, I believe. I didn't read Spider-Verse because I didn't hear great things about it, so I just skipped it. Yeah. I know, like, she's, like, a really interesting... She's, like, a very big part of the Spider-Verse, but I don't really care that much about that, so... Yeah, it, like... I don't really know what's going on there, but as far as I'm aware, um, Cindy's introduction in that, it's... She kind of goes into the bunker to, like, protect herself, but it's a sacrifice also because by protecting herself and keeping herself isolated, like, it's also protecting everyone else that will be affected if she's found. Yeah, and she's the, because she's the, like, the bride totem. She was the bride totem, which was also interesting because she's, such a new character but she's already has such an integral role in like the spider-verse yeah exactly i think she's so cool sort of because of that exactly like she is almost thrust into the middle of this situation and you know she's sort of born a hero born to be a hero because she does make that decision and like even then when she comes out for all intents and purposes, wanting to just immediately go back to her normal life because she's lost 10 years of it, and also, what does the world owe her that she had to, like, put herself in that situation, and yet instead she she literally just chooses to be a hero. Like, she's like, I have these powers, and sort of has every- she has every reason to see them as a bad thing, but instead she- she embraces them and chooses from the- the outset to do good and to use her powers for a good thing, so I think that makes her kind of really special and awesome. But although I kind of just yammered on about why I like Silk, um, I'm really interested to know why you like her because I was familiar with her character, but it was because of your love for her that I really sort of started looking into her more and reading more of her stuff. So um, why is it that you love her so much? What makes her special to you? Um, I really, I was interested in her because she's an Asian American character and there's not that many of them. And so I started reading her stuff. I, um, I don't know when exactly it was towards the beginning of when she was introduced but I thought I just thought she was really cool and her in very the way she was introduced was a little bit not great but going forward she got developed into like an incredible character 
And I just love how, like you said, the great with great power comes great responsibility. When she came out of the bunker, she just decided to be a superhero because she wanted to do that. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, I just think there's something about the way that she has to sacrifice so much. She's to sacrifice 10 years of her life as soon as she get, gets these powers. Like, for Peter, it's a gift. Um, like, right away, it is a positive thing, these powers. And it it's when he loses Uncle Ben that he sort of realizes, I can, I can use these for good. But Silk... Cindy has to sacrifice something and she still comes out the other side like these are a gift and I can use them to help people and I just think she's so special for that um that stood out to me right away is just showing so much of her character so I really love that but okay so there hasn't been that many silks like silk books yet she was in Spider-Verse and then she's got I think three solos. Um, what are some of your favorite storylines with her? Um, some of my favorite Cindy storylines are obviously her first like real storyline in her own series, which ha- it always centers around her kind of being lost in the world after being locked away for 10 years. And she sees like hints of her old world, but like everything's moved on and everybody's moved on. And then she finally gets a chance like to get her family back and I also love um her the kind of the difference between her relationship with J. Jonah Jameson and Peter's relationship with J. Jonah Jameson yes because it's really funny because Jonah adores her but <laughs> and he 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 respects Peter obviously but he shows it in a very different way and I just think that's really funny yeah I um completely agree. I think that they have such a unique... I keep using unique, but I think it's just because I really do think that what they did with Silk was everything about her is just such a fresh and fun take on being a spider person. And I kind of actually think that Jonah's a great example of that because you take a character with many of the same base characteristics as one of Marvel's most classic and famous superheroes, but you just make her so fresh and new. So while I think that her and Jonah's relationship is very funny and it provides lots of humor in the comic, it's also a interesting and different way of looking at what a spider person can be and that relationship there, because J. Jonah Jameson and his hatred for Spider-Man is such a central part of Jonah's character, but also such a large part of Peter's experience being Spider-Man. So it's really interesting seeing that in a different light and with a different perspective and seeing how supportive he can be of someone that... Because he doesn't dislike Peter. He respects Peter, but um, he doesn't treat Peter very well. And he certainly doesn't like Spider-Man. So it's just, it's, it's really cool seeing this from a different perspective and how it can play out in a new way. Which I think is actually something that is done with other characters as well, like Silk's villains too. For example, Black Cat, who plays a, a pretty big role in, I think, Silk 2016. 
Robbie Thompson's second year writing for Silk, which, because Black Cat is again a very famous Spider-Man villain, yet her relationship with Cindy is so very different and it provides a very different way of viewing Black Cat's character and the relationship that Black Cat can have with a spider person. Just as a friendly reminder, you're listening to Thought Bubbles on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Dinah, and I'm here with Brooke as we talk about the Marvel superhero Cindy Moon, a.k.a. Silk. I think, actually, like, her storyline with Black Cat, starting mostly in in the 2016 series, like, one of the best for both her and Felicia, because the way writers have written Felicia lately isn't doesn't seem very true to her character but I feel like they really actually did her justice with Cindy's run and their relationship was really fun and good and I loved it so I agree I thought that um their relationship was really fun and clever and I thought that they had a super interesting dynamic but also I think that there's a lot of respect shown for these characters, um, and which is part of why both Black Cat is portrayed so well here, um, but also why their relationship works, because Felicia isn't shown to be just wholly bad. There's a lot of nuance in her character, and I think that, first of all, that is something very true to her character, because she isn't just a straight-up villain, um, she has a lot of depth and she can be good and even when she is bad she still for example shows a lot of respect and compassion for Cindy and Cindy likewise holds a lot of respect and affection for Felicia so I think that I mean like for example Cindy is in therapy I think that that is an important part of her character as well and I think showing that on page shows a a huge respect for not just superhero stories, but also good stories about people. These really feel like fleshed out humans who are complicated and can be messy, but that doesn't mean they're not good and don't have the capacity for good. But also, like, more specifically, one of the things Cindy is there for is her sort of loneliness and trust issues and she says I think on panel like in therapy of all the people who truly get me it's a bad guy and she's referring to Felicia and how they have a connection. I also think like the part with therapy when she talks to her therapist about how bad she feels about betraying Felicia because like she's a villain, why Why would she care? But, yeah. Again, yeah, all of this, I think, just adds to a very thorough and thoughtful character. It's very clear that Felicia Black Cat isn't... She's got her reasons for why why she's doing what she's doing, but she is definitely very capable of goodness as well, and if not actually being on the good side, then it's supremely clear that, like, she is not just a villain. She is capable of 
treating individuals kindly and with respect. Which, if, if nothing else, makes her that much sweeter of a villain because... Because, like, you don't- you almost don't want to hate her. You almost don't want her to lose. In a way, it's- it would be just as satisfying if Silk did fall to the bad side and did join her permanently. Although, I love Silk being a hero and I would never want that. And I don't think Cindy, as proof of the Spider-Woman crossover, would actually make a good villain. But I think it's maybe kind of proof that some of Silk's success is due to- Robbie Thompson and his thoroughness and thoughtfulness um, when creating not just a good hero or character, but also a very strong and well-fleshed-out human. I think it adds so much to the story to have that. And I think that it makes for a very fun read. Okay, but, um, Silk, she has an ongoing right now. Do you mind talking just a few minutes about your thoughts on that. I think her current miniseries is really fun and it it's a, it's a really like good superhero comic and not just like, you know, origin story. Um it showcases her personality well. It's nothing too serious or big, but um currently on issue 4, which is issue 5 is the last issue which I'm really sad about, but we're getting to look, learn more about the villain, and I think they have a really cool dynamic too. Cindy and Saya, who's the villain, I think their relationship is fun and kind of back and forth in a similar way with her and Felicia, but also not that similar. And I'm just really excited to see how that turns out. In the new series, they also brought back Silvermane, which is now another old Spider-Man villain who turns out to be Saya's father. And I and it, it's like the new perspective on that is also really fun and cool. So I also think I don't know if you've read this part yet, but towards the end with her father, when she finds her father, like it's he they he disappeared because well not because but he wanted he was trying to find a cure for her powers because he just wanted everything to go back to normal, and that's why he was acting all creepy and uh the 2016 run and then he like accepts her and like what like accepts her and like destroys the cure because she's fine how she is and I think how that that how that happened was really good and yeah yeah I think that sort of another way in addition to JJJ and villains that Cindy, as a spider person, is able to bring in a very new perspective that brings a, a twist on things, is the fact that her parents know. Like, from the beginning, they know that she is Silk. I mean, they're missing it first, of course, but even then they know about her spider powers. And I think that that- it, it means that they can play a larger role in the story as well. Not that May doesn't play a large role in Peter's story, but, um... Her, her parents, again, it adds a lot of humanity to the story in the way that they have a reason to worry about her when she's gone. Because, like, she's out saving the day, but also they don't know if she'll come back or not at the end of it. So there's a really rich relationship there. I also think, I don't know if you've read this part yet, but... Towards the end with her father, when she finds her father, like, 
it's he they he disappeared because well not because but he wanted he was trying to find a cure for her powers because he just wanted everything to go back to normal and that's why he was acting all creepy in uh the 2016 run and then he like accepts her and like what like accepts her and like destroys the cure because she's fine how she is and I think how that that how that happened was really good and no yeah exactly I think that like there being a plot line involving her dad not wanting her to be silk and wanting everything to go back to normal is so interesting and provides a really it's something you don't see that often in superhero comics because so often superheroes either their family doesn't know their identity or the people that they are closest to are other superheroes so there's a really interesting sense because also like it's her dad of course he doesn't want her like fighting crime at night and getting hurt potentially dying from it especially when the last thing he knew about it was that it was so dangerous that she had to be locked up in a bunker for 10 years so i think that it's 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 such a clever story okay so we've got just a couple minutes left now um so i wanted to spend that briefly talking about the art in the 2015 and 2016 books that robbie thompson does because I love the art style in it, and I think that it's sort of so fitting for the book, and Silk, like, the vibes in it just fit her so well, and it's so bubbly, so I think it's really fun, but also one thing that I thought was interesting while reading it is that in the second book that Robbie Thompson does, the art sort of, a few issues in, changes to a different main artist, but then every couple issues or so, We'll just randomly switch back for one issue, which I, it always threw me off, but I thought it was really funny and kind of it always kept me on my toes. Yeah, yeah. And specifically in um, issue nine, which is like her and Felicia's like big moment, they switch back, which I'm very grateful for. <laughs> and yeah, it's really it's like okay, all right, um, okay. <laughs> It's interesting, too, because most of the Silk stuff I have read has been the Robbie Thompson stuff, which pretty consistently has the same handful of artists, so I very much associate that sort of with Cindy's look and her style, so it's really interesting with a confirmed, I think, Amazon TV show for her. She's not a character I can picture live action at all, so I... I also have not been a huge fan of the MCU Peter Parker stuff. Pretty much anyone who knows me will know that. But it leaves me a little bit hesitant and definitely curious, but almost cautiously optimistic to see what the Silk TV show is going to look like. Yeah, for sure. And that's also something I'm concerned about because there are like rumors and I guess not rumors, but a live-action adaptation of her is confirmed. And I'm concerned about who gets to write that and run that, because I don't... I don't... I'm very scared of her on screen and them handling her origins weirdly. 
So yeah, especially with a person sharing her name was in Spider-Man Homecoming, but she wasn't in it. She was like an extra and she was also played by a actor who's not Korean and she's a classmate of Peter's which like okay that's right but everything else is wrong so okay friends well that is just about it for this week I hope you enjoyed the conversation I had a wonderful time talking with Brooke again thank you so much Brooke for being here if you have any questions about X Factor or Barbara Gordon, which I talked about at the beginning of the show, or anything else that you're interested in talking about, you can find me on Instagram at thoughtbubbles.kuci, where I will post sort of what to expect for next week, as well as, at the end of the week, a weekly comic review of something that I had fun reading this week. Not necessarily something new, just something I've been reading. And for next week, I'm going to have my dear friend Cameron on, where we will be discussing Hawkeye. This show is going to be a bit different from usual because it will be a little bit more MCU-based than usual, so there isn't really any required reading. Feel free to watch his appearances in any of the MCU films if you're interested. And just as sort of optional reading... Fractions Hawkeye is always a really fun Hawkeye book, which is also a good thing to tie into next week's conversation because it came out in 2012 shortly after the Avengers movie, which wasn't Hawkeye's first appearance in the MCU. That was in Thor, but it was his it was his first big role in the movie. So look forward to that Thursday next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.